Hey guys, you're listening to Beyond the Picket Fence, a bonus episode. Today is going to be a little different. Oftentimes, people I interview have many different things that they have been through, and not everything makes it into these episodes. Even though it doesn't fit the theme of the episode, some of these stories need to be heard. So consider this like the deleted scenes, I guess. This topic we're about to touch on is very taboo and very touchy. If you can't listen with an open heart and an open mind, I recommend just turn this off right now. This topic is heated and highly debated, often by people it doesn't really even affect <clears throat> men. The media sometimes portrays it as like a wheelie-neely decision, and it's not. The topic? Abortion. If you listen to my last episode, The Host's Mom, you know that my mom had a lot of loss in her life. Her brother, her only son, and if you haven't listened to it, go do that. Okay, but seriously, let's get into it. Enjoy your deleted scene. This is a good story to tell anybody when they've had four children or three children. They have a lot of kids and they don't want to get <laughs> pregnant again <laughs> because they just have had it and like life is already too hard. My family is kind of known for being the five Thomas girls. That's my maiden name. Yes, we are a family of all girls, but there was a boy. His name is Spencer, and we all try not to let people forget about him. He opted to not live with all of the estrogen. <laughs> but seriously, I asked my mom to know more about this experience. So my dad had just graduated and decided to actually not be a teacher. Spoiler alert, he ended up being a teacher anyway. My grandpa on my dad's side owned a lot of businesses, and so they moved to Colorado for a year with three young kids, my oldest three sisters. My mom didn't want anyone else raising her kids, so she ran a daycare all by herself with eight kids, two of my sisters and six others. She also sewed while she did that, so she had a tall table so the kids wouldn't pull all of her projects down on themselves. Running a daycare in Arizona is a lot, but in Colorado, they all had snowsuits and there were tornado watches and apparently it was really stressful. I never do anything halfway. So like we had arts and crafts time. We had baking time. They had their meals provided by the state. You know what I'm saying? We're... I didn't know you did that. Imagine the stress of being a mom of littles, running a daycare, sewing for people. And then guess what? She found out she was pregnant. And I was super sick and more sick than I'd been with any of the girls. And so I couldn't keep any food down. And so I took these suppositories whenever I was really sick and they were to cause you to not be sick, which didn't really work anyways. So one Saturday she was at a store with her friend and her water broke. You see, she wasn't even halfway through her pregnancy. And I thought, well, this is weird. I never had this happen. And I don't know if it was from those suppositories or if it was just from the stress or whatever, cause I worked really hard. So anyways, I ended up in the hospital and I was in there for like a week or so. And they had me hold really still. And actually the water bag sailed over. But then they said, you know, you're going to have to get up sometime. You can't lay here. I and mean, it's not healthy for you to lay here for 20 more weeks or at least 16 more weeks. So they had me take a shower. And when I took a shower, then the water broke anyways. They did an x-ray like two times a day while she was there to check on the baby's health. Finally, the doctors and nurse came in and they said, we just want you to know that it's to the point that if you carry on with this pregnancy, that 
it's, it's not a good decision for the baby. Like it's torture to the baby. Like it's not a good decision. So actually I ended up signing a paper, a pre-term abortion paper. And we actually talked to the leaders of our church just, you know, to make sure I had made a good decision, but I felt good about it. I felt like it was the right thing to do. So I still had to go through labor and I was on the labor and delivery floor. So while I was having this child that I knew that would either be dead when I had it or right after I could hear people down the hallway saying, it's a girl, it's a boy, you know, like, you know what you hear when people get crazy (laughs) when they have their first child. Oh, my poor mom. She never sits in the victim or poor me mindset. And sometimes she speaks with exactness and doesn't show a lot of emotion because she's been let down a lot. But how sad I feel picturing this moment. So we named him Spencer. I had him. Your dad saw him. I didn't want to see him. I was okay with not seeing him, but we had pictures of him and his little feet. But I always did feel a little bit bad about that because it just was a pregnancy I didn't want to have right at that moment, but it was the only boy we ever had. And, you know, but I feel like I always felt like I did the right thing and I never felt really like depressed. Did Spencer live at all? I don't know if he lived or not. I don't know if he took a breath or not. It was a pretty painful delivery because they, they gave you that medicine. They just rub it around the cervix and cause you to go into labor really fast. I think I had morphine. That was the best part about that. (laughs) (laughs) Did dad like... So you didn't have like a normal moment of like holding the baby and saying goodbye or anything like that? No, I didn't. Did dad do that? Yeah, he's, well, he's more emotional than I am, (laughs) but he held the baby in his little hand. And now I can see where I get my emotionalness from. (laughs) You know, abortion is a really hot topic right now. And a lot of people talking about it are people who have never had one or will never have to have one. My mom has never really shared her political view with me. And I just had to ask. Do you ever have thoughts when people are talking about abortion? Does, do you feel like I had an abortion or do you feel like what you did doesn't count? Or Well, actually, that's an, in. that's an interesting question. When I worked at Post and Butte High School, I was teaching a uh, math class for kids that didn't want to be in school, did not want to make up their credits in math. So one day they got into this argument about abortion. And so I asked them if they would if they could stop. And then I called the two girls back to my desk and I said, she said, well, it's all right to speak. And I said, well, you have to be careful when you talk about things like that in the way that you are, because you never know what's happened to someone who's in the room. And so, you know, that's, that's a topic that you hold with, you know, you share that within a friend's group or whatever, but not across the classroom in a math class when someone didn't sign up for that conversation. One of the mothers was upset that her child was talked to about abortion at school, especially by a teacher. So my mom had to go to a parent-teacher meeting. So in that conversation, I said, well, let me just give you an example. Like, for example, I had a medical condition and I had a preterm abortion. There was no choice I had to do that because I was causing the baby to suffer. And so, you know, that could have even been trauma. It could have been a traumatized situation for me. And so... I was thinking if that's true for me, it could be for someone else in their family, you know, I mean, someone in their family, or maybe they'd had that or, you know, you never know. So that's why we had that, we had that conversation, but I never felt like I did the wrong thing. 
I think in many religions, they people check what their clergymen to find out, you know, what they should do in situations like that. So I don't think it's just our church. But like just in general, when people are talking about abortion, abortion, do you feel like you identify like don't judge? Me? Yeah. Well, how mm-hmm. I feel is don't judge. You don't know the situation. It's not yours to judge. I am pro-life. Um, I love life, especially since my brother didn't have a chance to live his life out. Like I always feel like I'm trying to live my life for him and for me. And I love it. And even though it's been difficult for me to have kids, I'm glad I have the kids that I have. And I'm glad that my daughters have had kids, even though it's been struggle and stressful to them. Just, you know, because then later it's totally worth it. You know, it's just that first part with the little kids, <laughs> chaos and total craziness. Where you're like going to lose your mind every day. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that from someone who personally had to have an abortion. Don't judge. And I don't bring this up to change your mind about your opinion. I bring this up to cultivate a little bit of compassion for someone who thinks differently than you. We don't all have to agree and we never will agree, but people don't just make decisions willy nilly. Some people have had abortions and they're pro-life. Some people have not had abortions and they're pro-choice and vice versa. You really will never get to be in the shoes of someone else. So you may never understand their point of view. And it's not always as radical as it seems. In general, I don't think pro-life people want women to not have the option to get a DNC when it's for their health. And I don't think pro-choice people want babies to be ripped apart at full term. There has to be a middle ground somewhere. Again, I'm not trying to change your view. All I'm saying is there are real humans behind each choice. And humans, in general, deserve to be treated kindly, even if they disagree. So remember to be kind, because you never know what's going on beyond the picket fence. If you'd like to share your story on my show, please submit a jot form. You'll find the link in the show notes. Bye.